the homes their homes, even if others now lived in them. The black market was the same, except that it had been made that much more clandestine and greedy by the war. Mendel was happy to find that his grandfather's wisdom had been adopted among the peasants with whom he dealt. Potatoes were treated as gold, and a sack of gold might as well have been potatoes. Mendel traded away riches worth of the latter, now the former, for as much as he could conceal on his person of the former, now the latter. He took the whole business to be a positive sign, thinking that people were beginning to regain their good sense. The successful transaction gave Mendel a touch of real confidence. Instead of sneaking back the way he came, he ventured past the front of the ice house and ignored the first signs of a rising sun. He ran through the alley behind Cross-Eyed Billa's store and skirted around the town square, keeping on until he arrived at his house. It was insanity, or suicide, for him to be out there. All anyone would need was a glimpse of him to know. Less than that, even, their senses had become so sharp. And what of the fate of the potatoes? They surely wouldn't make it to the ghetto if Mendel were caught and strung up from the declaration tree with a sign that said, Smuggler hung around his neck. Those precious potatoes that filled his pockets and lined his long underwear from ankles to elbows would all go to waste, softening up and sprouting eyes. But Mendel needed to see his front gate and strip of lawn and the shingles he had painted himself only two summers before. It was then that the shutters flew open on his very own bedroom window. Mendel turned and ran with all his might, having seen no more of the new resident than a fog of breath. On the next street he found a sewer grate, and, with considerable force, yanked it free. A rooster crowed, and Mendel heard it at first as a call for help, and a siren, and the screeching of a bullet. Lowering himself underground and replacing the grate, he heard the rooster's call again, and understood what it was. Nature functioning as it should. He took it to be another positive sign. Raising himself from the sewer, Mendel was unsure onto which side of the wall he had emerged. The ghetto of Helm was alive with hustle and bustle. Were it not for the ragged appearance of each individual Jew, the crowd could have belonged to any cosmopolitan street. What is this? Has the circus returned to Helm? Have they restocked all the sweet shops with licorice? Mendel addressed the orphan Jocheved, grabbing hold of her arm and cradling in his palm a tiny potato, which she snatched away. She looked up at him, her eyes wet from the wind. We are all going to live on a farm and must hurry not to miss the train. A farm, you say? He pulled at his beard and bent until his face was even with the child's. With milking cows? And ducks, said Yocheved before running away. Roasted? Or glazed in the style of the Chinese, he called after her, though she had already disappeared into the crowd, vanishing with the finesse that all the remaining ghetto children had acquired. He had never tasted glazed duck, only knew that there was somewhere in existence such a thing. As he wove through the scrambling ghettoites, Mendel fantasized about such a meal, 
wondered if it was like biting into a caramel-coated apple or as tender and dark as the crust of yolk-basted bread. His stomach churned at the thought of it as he rushed off to find the Rebbe. The decree was elementary. Only essential items were to be taken on the trains. Most packed their meager stores of food, some clothing, and a photograph or two. Here and there a diamond ring found its way into a hunk of bread, or a string of pearls rolled itself into a pair of wool socks. For the Hasidim of Helm, interpreting such a request was far from simple. As in any other town where Hasidim live, two distinct groups had formed. In Helm they were called the Students of the Mekiel and the Machmir Hasidim. The Students of the Mekiel were a relaxed bunch, taking their worship lightly while keeping within the letter of the law. Due to the ease of observance and the Epicurean way in which they relished in the Lord, they were a very popular...